Seeker Star! Hey, everybody! Am I everybody? Or are you talking to the people listening? I'm talking to the people that's listening. I don't know why you would even ask that. I just can't help but feel like if someone's driving their car to work and you say, hey, everybody, they're going to be like, hey. I hope they respond. Kind of Blue's Clues type beat. <laughs> I never watched Blue's Clues as a kid. I'm sorry to hear that. SpongeBob. <clears throat> that's why I am the way I am today. Well, yeah, but... I'm Grant Billings. <laughs> and I'm Josiah Bland. Welcome this to is... Seeker Start. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Say it. Go. Grant, say it. Welcome to Seeker Start. <laughs> hey, guys. We got some really good news. We are actually a part of a new ministry. Yes. Called Manifold Ministries. Yeah. So a little bit about Manifold Ministries. They are a... Guild of content creators who aim to provide quality, edifying media, obviously through a biblical lens. And as a part of Manifold Ministries, our mission is to bring glory to the creator whose manifold attributes inspire us daily. Nice. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we want to kind of plug Manifold Ministries that we are now a part of. The founder of Manifold Ministries, Stephen Lauderbach. Stephen Lauderbach. Of it's more like Stephen Louder Goat. Because he's a goat. Goat's an acronym, Grant. Yeah. Greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah, that's Stephen. I just think on a... I mean, from a legal standpoint, you know, I just don't know if he can do that. You know, just you, change his last name on a dime. You definitely can. You You, can change more than just your last name nowadays. Well, (laughs) you know what? I stand very corrected. (laughs) Anyway, there are a lot of good content creators here on this ministry platform, and Christ in Capital is one. Um, Despite popular belief is Steven Lauterbach's uh, podcast channel. Yeah, we were on his show, and he was on our show on one occasion, and that's kind of what uh, snowballed this friendship that yeah. would have never happened otherwise he's an awesome guy we're really grateful to be a part of um, manifold also we, we got jesus smart just sounds awesome yeah go check out jesus smart and uh freedom and truth and fighting stagnant which i mean i feel like we're very in line with this ministry we we thought it was a really cool opportunity and we're really grateful to be a part of it yeah it's really cool all these different shows have like these very just like very specific topics. So ours kind of fits into where it's like, hey, here's our podcast. It's very um, just like theology, like basic theology centric. Yeah. And then once you kind of move and start listening to those guys, it's like, oh, okay, I can understand these things now that they're talking about. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is uh, you have to listen to our podcast first. Because this is where you start, at the seeker start. Nice. Thanks. So we're going to talk about the mercy of God and the justice of God. I got this topic from the book entitled Gentle and Lowly. Yes. By Danathan Ortland. Written by Dane Ortland. Yeah, so Dane Ortland wrote a he wrote a pretty good book, I'd say. Um I highly recommend that people read it. It is uh it's interesting. Yes. 
kind of gives you a different view of God, and probably you have already, um, about God's gentleness and loneliness in Christ. Yes, because Christ describes himself in the scriptures as gentle and lowly. And I think <clears throat> I think going through this topic is pretty important because a lot of churches, and I know this gets beat into the ground by the Reformed community, but it is a it is a good point to where in a lot of churches across the US it's a high emphasis on God is love, God is love, God is love, God is love, God is love. Grant, isn't he love though? God is love, yes. And I'm not taking away from that by any means. But we also need to see the other side of that. Yeah. That right. God is love just as much as God is just. Right. Well, God's holiness is, we and we've done an episode on God, the holiness of God, but his holiness is the, the attribute that is most emphasized in the Bible, right? Right. Um, and so we don't necessarily like to talk about the holiness of God because it's scary and um, it's what separates us most from God. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about the, the mercy of God and the justice of God and just this very interesting way that that works together, I think. Um, yeah. They, and hopefully the, we can we can do it justice, but I think this was a really good point that I saw Dane make. Um, Dr. Ortland, I don't know if he's a doctor, but he might as well be. Frick. Um, chapter 19 of his book is called Rich in Mercy. He's a doctor. Is he a doctor? PhD. Well, I was right. Wheaton College. Wheaton. He pastors in Naperville. That's up where we're from. Shout out to the to the home Illinois area. Illinoisans. But yeah, the the passage that he quotes is Ephesians two four and says God being rich in mercy, um, which I think is is really cool. Yeah. Because he, he, he mentions that nowhere else in the Bible does it say God's rich in something. Right. You know, so it's 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 his character to be merciful more than it is. I don't see this as the problem. I don't like to say more than it is just. God is, his nature towards believers yeah. is mercy. Yes. His nature towards, well, see this, this once again, when we're talking about God, we have to be careful the way we use language um, because you don't want to say something that's false. Like, why would you want to do that? Right. So I think that when we say that God is, he's only merciful towards believers in a salvific way. I think God does show mercy to everyone like to, he doesn't agree, yeah. Because he doesn't, grace. he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't immediately give everybody what they deserve. Right? Exactly. He lets them. He he gives them life, um, and they don't deserve that. But ultimately, when it comes down to salvation, which I think this is the ultimate conversation that we're having, is the justice of God is on everybody until you have your eyes open to the gospel and trust in Christ, right? And then mercy. If you do have faith in Christ, then all you have is mercy. You know, and that's it. There's no more justice. Ju the justice of God has been paid by Christ on the cross. That yeah. is what we believe. Right. But as as a non-believer, that the the wrath of God is is coming for you. Yeah. Right. You know, we are in the hands of of the living God mm -hmm. as non-believers, and we're waiting unknowingly for a day that we will be judged and justice will be served because of our sins towards God. Yeah. And so the main statement that he says here. He says that God's mercy is overflowing, but God's justice is exacting. Yeah. And so that, I don't know why that just like made me think about it a lot because his, 
Having his justice be exacting means he doesn't overflow in justice towards people, right? Like the Bible talks about the fact that he pays people for their sins, yeah, right, for their works. He he doesn't give them more than they deserve, yeah, right. He gives them exactly what they deserve. Yeah, exactly, because he's God, and his just wrath is it's perfect. So there can't be too much or too little of it. Yeah. So he's not. He's not looking at our sins like, man, he did a really good job sinning this week. I'm going to give him a bonus. Right. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's like, you know, he gives exactly what we deserve. Yeah. And that is hell forever. Yeah. That's what, that's actually what we deserve. Yeah. For sinning against the infinite holy God of the universe. We do right. deserve that. Right. And that's why it's amazing to see that God gives us mercy at all. And, and that sin, that wrath that we deserve, it isn't like, you're born, you go through your life, and then the first time you sin, it's like, okay, boom. Now you deserve it. It's like you're born into wrath. Right. Like you're born into it because of the sin of Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. And and to kind of backtrack a little bit to before where for believers, he talking about how he, he does overflow in grace and in mercy, but that's not to say that he doesn't punish sin or he doesn't uh, discipline discipline Discipline. that's the word for. yeah he still disciplines sin in the hearts of true genuine believers and that's where repentance comes in and it's for a purpose of it's a good purpose right yeah so god never disciplines believers well let me say he doesn't punish believers yeah ever right it's discipline yeah and it's all out of love you know he's making us more like him that's the whole purpose behind anything yeah you know if if there's a sin that we're struggling with and god makes us feel really bad about that or maybe even you know like this is that i know plenty of people who have had you know children out of wedlock yeah to some degree it's like oh man that is a consequence he gives us consequences for our actions right but ultimately you know even for the one who it's just amazing to see like even the consequences that in a, in a moment seem terrible. You know, yeah. I know I remember having people around me who had a child out of wedlock uh-huh. when they were very young and they were so scared and they were like, Oh, it's the worst thing. But now it's like, man, I'm so, I'm glad that this happened. Yeah. You know, it's so God ultimately does discipline believers, but he doesn't punish us in like, the same way that he punishes those who are going to die in sin towards him. Right. right? And um, this, and yeah, the idea of like punishment for sin, like once I came to that understanding, it kind of made me look back to, you know, when I was a kid and my parents said, Hey, don't do this. And then once they were decided, I would go do that. I got punished. Cause you were dumb. Cause I'm dumb. Cause I was a dumb I kid. Never, I never did that. I'm st- <laughs> I'm surprised you're not bursting into flames right here right now. <laughs> but it's like gosh, I don't know how I'm alive. You, you get you get punished, you get spanked for that sin. Can we say that? I don't think we can say that. Oh gosh. I my parents never spanked me. <laughs> because they believed like the right way, like you're only supposed to say yes. Oh, you can not supposed to say no. Oh, let them express themselves, Grant. Have you ever had hummus? <laughs> Oh, yes. I've had hummus. What is hummus? I think it's soybeans. Hey, if you know what hummus is, hashtag tell us. Put put, put it on your Instagram story what hummus is. Full description. 
We'll we'll put you on our story, even though neither of us are on social media right now. Yeah, tell us tell us what Hamas is, and we'll put you up on the story. We'll we'll get you guys. Come on. But Hamas. wouldn't your parents discipline you then? It's like they didn't do it only because they were mad. Mm. No, only because they were mad. <laughs> only I'm tossing that yeah, only yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. <laughs> Dude, don't dig a hole, bro. A mad Harold. Who's that? Oh, that's my dad. Oh, Harold? Harold. Harold and uh, Harold Billings. Um, <laughs> cheese business. In the cheese business. <clears throat> but it's like they did it for correction and for love to where it's like, we told you not to do this and then you did it. Therefore, you have to be punished. But we're punishing you because we love you. So that you would be better next time. Exactly. And that's... And ultimately, so that you would... If it's done right, you want your kids to be, you want your kids to see a picture of the gospel. Yeah. You know? In obedience. Yeah. So that makes sense now. So when God punishes us and we feel conviction, it's because he loves his children. Right. And and we have disobeyed. We have been disobedient toward him and we have broken his command and commandments to us. Right. And that needs punishment. So it's not like, we can sin and do whatever. It's kind of like what Paul says, you know, do do we just sin more so that grace can abound more? No. We strive toward obedience so then when we do sin against God, yes, we feel conviction, but it's so that we will turn back to Christ in repentance. Yeah. So in his in that chapter um, of Ortland's Gentle and Lowly, it says there's, there's a couple questions that are asked and answered with scripture. And so I think it's really cool. I want to go through that really quick. It says, why did we need to be saved? Why did we need to be saved is the first question that's asked. And it goes into, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So why was it that we needed to be saved? Well, many reasons here. He mentions, one, we were dead in our our sins and trespasses. We were walking in those trespasses, so we were acting on our, our dead hearts. We were following the course of the world. We were following the prince of the power of the air, we were following and living in the passions of our flesh. We were carrying out the desires of our body and our our sinful body and sinful mind. We were, by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of, of, of humanity. Right. That is why we needed to be saved. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like what we were saying earlier. It's not because we sinned once when we were kids and it was like, okay, now the wrath timer is on. It's like, no, you were born into this, and that's your that's your nature. That's all you know right now is sin. Yeah, so you walk in those ways. Yeah. And so we need a Savior. Why? Because we were sinning not just out in the open air, and our sins were flying into the, some random field to gallop with the horses. Right. It was going specifically directed at God of the universe. Yeah. Our sins were pointed towards him, and, and then... He does something really cool where he actually takes out verse 4 and then goes directly to verse 5 and comes back to verse 4. We'll, you'll see it. So after that that first question, why did we need to be saved? He asks, what did God do to save us? Yeah. And then 
he gives five and six. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made alive. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we were saved. God, what, what did God do to save us? We were saved from the deadness of our hearts. We were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive. He made us alive with Christ. Um, and it was by grace, right? Yeah. It was an unmerited gift of grace. Right. But why would God save sinful people? Mm. And I think that's the real question we have to ask. Yeah. We were dead in our trespasses, and then God saves us? Yeah. Why would a holy God desire to save people? Yeah. It really doesn't even make sense to me still. Yeah. And I think, you know, we go back to the doctrine of the incomprehensibility of God. Mm. I think it was one of our first ep- episodes that we did on the attributes of God. Yeah. It it doesn't make sense. Right. Why would a holy God want to forgive me of my sins? Yeah, because it's not like God saved us because he needed us for something. It's not like God saved us because he he would cease to be God without saving sinners. It's not like he would get more powerful because he saved people. And it's not like he saw something in us that was worth saving. Right. It's not like he looked at us and was like, oh, you know what? I think... I think this guy here would, you know, he will be a good minister of the gospel or, or this guy here would, would make a great pastor. So I'm going to go ahead and save him because I think I think he could could help me. Right. It was, I'm going to save this person. No, because the thing is, what you just said, you know, he didn't look down and say, wow, he would do really good for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because with a fallen world, a kingdom of God would require that he saves us. Right. So even to say that there's a kingdom would require him to have saved people. So even having, why would he want a kingdom full of people <laughs> like us? Right. And it do, it really doesn't make sense that he would not just save us in general, but he would actually come down from heaven, enter humanity, live as a human being. Perfectly. Perfectly be tortured by us. Yeah. And killed by us mm. and ridiculed by us. And all of those other terrible things that we we experience on a daily basis, you know, in in the world in general, mm. you know, all the temptations of the flesh. He didn't have his own flesh tempting him because he didn't have a sinful nature, right? But Satan was tempting him. Yeah, you know, he he endured temptation, so he came down. Why would a God come down from heaven, come to this earth that's so sinful and against him, a world that hates him, and die for us to save us? Right. And that's the beautiful part about Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Yeah. And it was by grace that we've been saved. And it is by grace that we've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. Yeah. And it's in Christ Jesus, you know, so it was by... God's nature, mm-hmm. him being rich in mercy, yeah. and his great love for us, that he died for us. He came down and, and saved us from our sins. He came down to make us alive in him, to the praise of his grace. You know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense other than God is merciful. Yeah. That's his nature. Yeah. And when you even move 
further into verse 8 of this same chapter. It's, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So it's not like we can pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and and save ourselves by any means because, I mean, just going back to what we've already said before, we're born with a sin nature. We have no ability. We have no desire yeah, I mean, for it's, God. It's clear we were dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, we were walking in these trespasses and sins, and they weren't just like something we like to do. It was something that we were. Right. Those those actions were coming out of a heart that was dead yeah. and wicked. And they weren't like coincidences. Oh, well, you know, he's a really good guy. He just struggles to sin. No, he's not a good guy. The Bible says he was dead in his trespasses and sins, and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. Right? It wasn't like we were in a coma or we were asleep in our sins. No, we were completely dead. Right. I mean, if you think about a dead person, they can't do anything unless God raises them up. Yeah. I mean, you exactly. You see in the biblical accounts with Lazarus, right? It's not like Lazarus was like, okay, time to get up and stop being dead. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus called him out of death. <laughs> <laughs> what well, was like three or four? It was four days. I yeah. Think. He was dead for four days and dude rose up out of the ground yeah. because he wanted to. Mm. No, it wasn't because it was because Christ called him up out of the grave, mm. you know? And, you know, if we were napping in our sins, we could wake up every once in a while and do a good work that would please right. God, and God would say, hmm, I have to reward that. Right. Because I'm a just God, yeah. and he did a good work in, before my eyes. And that's just not uh-uh. That's just not how it works. Because God is completely holy, and his standard is perfection. Our standard for ourselves as we compare ourselves to each other, and as long as we're, you know, not Hitler or a murderer, we're, we're chill and we're good before the eyes of God or whatever the case may be, we think that we deserve something from God. And as long as we go to church every Sunday and as long as we are good to our wives and husbands and you know provide for our families and work really hard and blah, 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 we're good. Yeah. Check off the boxes, dot the I's, cross the D's. Yeah. So the problem is it's just, just not true. It's not a true depiction of who we are. And so we have to also understand who we are. And that is what helps us to understand how great this gospel is because we are so sinful yeah. and God is perfectly holy. Yeah, and it's it's something I heard uh, Matt Chandler say in this study we were going through, this video study we were going through at church. It's not that we're created by our jobs for our jobs. He was saying we're not created by our spouse for our spouse. We're not created by our family for our family. We are created by God for God. Right. So ultimately Christ coming down and dying for us and God saving us through that is for his glory. Right. And yeah. our good. So why would God save us is because he is rich in mercy. And it says being rich in mercy, which I think is cool and Ortland actually talks about this a little bit. His being is rich in mercy. It says being rich in mercy, not becoming rich in mercy. Right. Or right now he's rich in mercy. It's like he's being rich in mercy. Yeah. And I think I just love that. His his nature is rich in mercy. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes that gets kind of tossed to the wayside and we get hung up on, on a lot of other things sometimes. But going back and just thinking about this as a believer, when you really go back and you think and meditate 
on this truth, it's like, wow. Like a lot of times we, we can get hung up in, and trying to find the newest thing to study and the newest thing to, to whatever. And, and, you know, go and study doctrine, go and study theology and dive into new things that you don't understand or you've not studied before. Because that, like we've been saying, will, will, you will see something of God that you should, and it should cause you to be in awe of him. It should cause you to love him more. It should yeah. cause you to like want to worship him and live your life for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we need to come back to this point that I am a sinner and God has saved me. Right. Why? Not because of me. Not because I'm this, you know, person that's, you know, whatever. Like we said, it's not like I'm a good person. It's not like I'm this this guy that's going to go and, and just change the world. I mean, if you go change the world, awesome. Like, go do that. And, you know, give us a shout out when you're no, but there. But by ourself, by ourself, we'll change the world for evil. Oh, exactly. Right? We'll we'll invent new ways to, to, to sin against God. And we see that all over our, our society today. You know, yeah. transgenderism, homosexuality. We can change the world for evil. Oh, yeah. 100%. The only way we can change the world for good. And, and the thing is, you know, we can. That's the problem is like yeah. we actually can change the world for good. Right. We do it by the power of God. The only thing that's good in us is from God. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's good in us is the God in us. We can do good in this world. Yeah. And it's because the power of the Holy Spirit has enlivened our hearts, as this text says, mm-hmm. in his rich mercy and by his love, by grace, through faith, we are enabled yeah. to go out into the world, preach the gospel to all the nations. That's, and change the world. That's, I mean, that's something we were talking about. To the about. glory of God, not to the glory of ourselves. We were talking about that this morning, even at church, because um, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering started today for us. And that was a, a big part of the sermon was talking about Lottie Moon and, and what she did. It's not like Lottie Moon went out and became this missionary. She was one of the most educated people in the States and she declined all of these great offers that she had in the States to turn and go overseas and become a missionary. And her whole purpose and intent behind that was like, I'm going to go and do this, but I want people to see Jesus, not Lottie Moon. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I think it's amazing that you're, you're exactly right. We should let this doctrine really hit us because he's not rich in justice. And I think here's a good way to, to explain this, you know, God's mercy is said to be overflowing. Yeah. His justice is not overflowing. Right. Towards people. You know, his justice is exact. He doesn't he doesn't overflow onto someone like if if someone deserves a, an exact full cup of justice, mm. he, they get an exact full cup of yeah. justice and everyone does. We don't deserve any mercy, so the cup what it should be, the line should be non-existent because we shouldn't even have a drop of mercy in our cup. Right. He takes all of his mercy and he completely overflows our cup with it. Yeah. And none of it is deserved. That's the exact definition of mercy. We do not get what we do deserve. Mm. And that thing that we're not getting that we do deserve is hell forever. Right. Separation from the goodness of God, from the love of God, full embrace of the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, in a terrifying way. We do deserve that. But God offers mercy. Why? Because... He's rich in mercy. Yeah. And he loves us. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Yeah. You know, and it, I just, that should be so comforting to you as a believer that he doesn't want 
to pour wrath on you anymore. Like his desire is not to punish you yeah. ever as a believer. Yeah. Because we believe that Jesus has paid every drop of wrath that belongs in our cup. He has taken the full cup that we deserve and he's paid for it. Yeah. And it's gone. Yeah. So all the wrath that God owes to us, the exact amount was paid onto Christ. Yeah. The exact amount that we deserve. And so now we get mercy. Yeah. Because he wants to. God does not have to give mercy to anyone. Right. And that's that's another amazing part we have to we have to grasp. You know, God doesn't God did not give mercy to the the angels. He, the angels made one mistake. They sinned one time. Mm-hmm. Satan and his demons. They sinned against God once and they were thrown out of heaven and God did not give them a plan of salvation. He did not send a savior. He did not give them mercy. And that was his will. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, God did not decide to save the angels right. that fell. Adam and Eve. We see a little bit of a different, different story here. They sinned one time. They bit the apple. And they were thrown out of the garden, away from where God was walking with them. Yeah. And they, they had to cover up. And, but what did God do? He made them a garment to wear. Yeah. Right? And so he, he doesn't destroy them. He doesn't kill them. He said he was, the day that you eat of that fruit, you're going to die. Yeah. But he what? He showed mercy to them. Mm-hmm. Allowed them to live. Why? Because he had a plan. It was for his glory. Yeah. Go ahead and show us the scripture that talks about God giving mercy to who he wants. He doesn't have to give mercy to right. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So in Romans 9, starting in, <clears throat> starting in 13, it says, As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Verse 16, so it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Right. So, okay. So therefore, it depends on on God who has mercy. Right? Yeah. And I think that's that's the whole point we're trying to get at. So it depends not on human, human will. It doesn't. Salvation doesn't depend on human exertion. It depends on God having mercy. And that's the, that's the amazing part about the mercy of God. And, and also adds to the incomprehensibility of it is because we think in society and as in our human flesh that we know better than God who we should give mercy to. We think, oh, God, you should just give mercy to everyone. You should. Because, you sh- yeah. You should save everyone. And... The problem is, God says, I do whatever I want. Right. That is what God does. He does whatever he wants. And so he clearly shows us in the example of Pharaoh, and Paul uses this example, you know, he, Pharaoh hardened his heart, right? We see that in, in, in the first couple chapters of the Exodus. But God is the one who hardened Pharaoh's heart. And how do we know that? Because we can read Romans 9, and Paul tells us yeah. <laughs> that the scripture says, for this very purpose, I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, it, so then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. It was God who hardened Pharaoh for his very purpose. What was that? To raise him up so that his ma- name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Yeah. So he didn't have mercy on Pharaoh. He could have. Right. 
But a freed, he he could have opened the eyes of, of Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh would see the the great sin that he was in, mm-hmm. and he would have repented of that sin. But instead, he hardened his heart. He did not allow he did not allow him to see the the great need around him, the the sin that he was in. Right. Instead, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Yeah. Towards God, which is a result of the hardening of God. Right. And he hated God. Yeah. And he hated his people. And he kept them in bondage. And God exhibited great plagues towards them. His justice was being poured out in live HD over there. Live HD? Live HD. Live and HD. No, it was recorded and it was live. That's fair. I don't know. Just not a big hummus guy, that's all. (laughs) So, God hardens whom he wants and has mercy on whom he wants. What blows my mind is not that God doesn't show mercy to everyone. What blows my mind is that God has shown mercy to me. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do I want to to live for you? You know, why do I want to hate my sin? Why am I so drawn to know more about you? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm. Why? I, I shouldn't want that. And there was a time where I didn't. Yeah. And now I do mm. because something happened in me. Right. You know, and... and it's because just like Ephesians 2 says, he brought me to life mm. and he brings Christians to life because he's merciful and he's rich in mercy and yeah. he's overflowing in mercy for us every day. So if you've fallen into sin, if you've fallen into trouble with your own, your own personal relationship with God, understand that the mercy of God is overflowing for you. First and foremost, trust in Christ. Don't try to don't try to balance out your good works with or your bad works with more good works so that God will look upon you with with gladness. Yeah. No, because we did not earn God's love, so we cannot unearn it. Yeah. If you believe that God if Christ died for you, then then believe that. He loves you. That's mm-hmm. why he died for us. Yeah. And it's and it's not like once you sin there's this like probationary period where you have to wait to to pray again or to get back into the word because you're dwelling on your your sin. No, after you have sinned, you turn and run back to Christ. You turn and run back to the truths of God's word into the truth of the cross. And you don't turn and run back to Christ because his, you're afraid his justice is going to fall upon you because you sinned. No, we turn back to Christ because he's our one true love. Yeah. That's why we turn back to Christ because we love him and we know he loves us. Right. You know, we're not turning back to Christ because we're scared of going to hell now mm. because I sinned this one time yeah. or this multiple times or multiple times because Christ has paid for our sins. That is the gospel. We believe he has paid for our sins. Yeah. That is the liberation of the gospel. It frees us. Yeah. But it's also freed us from the bondage of sin upon our hearts. Mm. So turn from your sins. Turn from your sins. Trust in Christ. Know that his mercy is new for you every what? Day. Morning. Right when you wake up, boom, it's new again. Mm-hmm. And as long as you are living, you're you're living through days. Mm-hmm. And his mercy is new for you every one of the days you wake up. Yeah. And I love that. And you know, I think that's that's so amazing. It's literally overflowing. We can't get enough of it. Yeah. And we have all we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope that that is encouraging to you guys it was really encouraging to me and and grand as well you know as we're just sitting here talking about this you know Mm. i'm getting excited about it oh yeah (laughs) 
But um, yeah. Anything else, Grant? Any other thoughts? No, I think we kind of covered all the bases with that. Maybe not all the bases, but no, we didn't. Covered, we we did our best. We we did our best. We've covered some bases, and we just really wanted to be an encouragement to you guys right now. Um, for many people, the holidays are really hard. Yeah. Um, I live and work in a homeless shelter. I'm not homeless, um, but I do have a home in a homeless shelter, which is cool to say because some <laughs> I'll tell people, hey, yeah, uh, where do you live? I live in a homeless shelter. And then <laughs> catches like, them off guard. Really? Yeah. You, you sure? But a lot of the guys are struggling right now because, I mean, they don't have their families around. And for some of you, maybe you just lost a, a loved one recently or or whatever, so... I mean, the mercy of God is new for you too. And even though you're going through a hard time, it's still there. Yeah. And uh, it's there's never a better time for you to press back into Christ than right now. Mm. So we encourage you to do that. And also um, feel free to hit us up on any of our, our social media accounts. Yes. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Seeker Start Pod, I believe is the handle on that. Um, yeah. Give us a follow. Um, we post stuff. We usually post when we uh, when we put an episode out, but we're trying to be better about um, just posting um, just verses and stuff that that we're meditating on and that are encouraging to us at the time and and quotes from you know pastors and theologians and things like that. Just we haven't done to, that in a long time, but we want we want to get back into that. Yeah, we're we're trying to get back. Uh, things are slowing down a little bit for us right now, just with the semester being done. Mm-hmm for you and um, just getting into a pretty steady rhythm of work for me, working three jobs, but... Oh, weird flex. Casual flex. <laughs> working <clears throat> three, jobs. three jobs. <clears throat> working nine to five. <clears throat> what three the heck was that? Clearing my throat. <laughs> All um, right, with that being said, guys, anything else, Grant? No. Secret star. This has been a Manifold Ministries podcast. For more content, visit us at manifoldministries.com.